0: Hi everyone and welcome to this podcast which is brought to you by the ASVO and Wine Australia and this is part of the Grower Maker Researcher podcast series. My name is Sharon Harvey and I'm a Research and Development Program Manager at Wine Australia and I look after projects in the areas of smoke and fire management. So most people would remember the 2019-20 the bushfires which devastated large areas of the country and obviously had a significant impact on wine regions and on, um, on wine businesses. I guess the thing was those events did provide an opportunity for for significant research on the effects of smoke on grapes and wine and we we learned a lot following the, um, the research and we cemented our position really as the global leader in research and development in this space. So this is the first of two podcasts that will explore the question of now that we're two years on from those events, what have we learned and how can grape growers and winemakers use that information heading into the new season and into potential events in the future? So today I'm joined by Colin Hinsey of Pinion Advisory and Richard Hamilton of Hamilton Viticulture who have been doing a series of vineyard trials on the recovery of vines from fire and the best ways to return a vineyard to full productivity. So welcome Colin and Richard and um, can you start by telling me how this project came to be?
1: The Cuddley Creek bushfire in the Adelaide Hills was a very early fire, it was in uh, late December and an exception in the sense of uh, the fires that normally occur in Australia were between January and March. This was an early fire uh, and left people thinking that perhaps they could get the vines to recover that season. But what we found is there's very little information and clear information as to what to do. And this project is about that
2: process. The Department of Primary Industries and Regions, South Australia, or PERSA, and the Wine Grape Council of South Australia released funding for a project to establish and monitor bushfire recovery trials in Adelaide Hills vineyards over two vintages, the 2021 and 2022 season. Uh, wine Australia partnered with PIRSA to provide further funding for a third season of trials in 2023 uh, to generate extension materials for the grape and wine sector.
0: And can you tell us a bit about what the setup of these trials are?
1: The first trials that we looked at was timing of treatment uh, because growers had actually wanted to go ahead and do something rather than wait and see what the response was and wait until winter to do pruning. We found two sites where people had actually jumped in and actually beheaded the vines in January and we, what we did was to then go in and find sites adjacent to that uh, where we actually beheaded vines in winter. So we actually had a side-by-side comparison of beheading uh, immediately post-fire and beheading once vines become dormant.
0: And so Richard by beheading you mean uh, essentially chopping off the the green productive bits of the vine?
1: No perhaps a little bit further than that it's actually taking off the top but also leaving a bit of trunk because uh, clearly there's trunk damage as well but perhaps taking the trunk off at about half height to maximize the chance for buds to come
2: away uh, later on. You're right. The other trial that we established was a pruning method trial Uh, There was a vineyard that had both minor damage and severe damage, and we set up uh, in both of those sections a randomised vine trial looking at spur pruning, conversion to cane, and doing the trunk renewal or the beheading process as well. So we've got adjacent vines looking at the different methods of pruning and how well they recover.
0: Fantastic. So this this really represented a unique opportunity, didn't it? Because... But we're more often dealing in, in bushfire situations, we're more often dealing with the effects of smoke on grapes, whereas this really presented an opportunity to uh, look at how, what happens when vines are damaged by, directly damaged by the fire itself.
2: Yeah, certainly in Australia there wasn't any other examples of widespread vineyard damage by fire. This was an unseen before circumstance with so many different commercial vineyards impacted directly by fire in, mm. at the same time.
0: So what have the results told you and so far, and what do you think are the key messages?
1: So in terms of timing, the critical thing, of course, is to get irrigation on as soon as possible so that the vines have a chance to recover. And the question is, do you actually then wait to see what will happen, or jump in and take activity? What we've found um, is that the best approach appears to be to actually let the vines grow in their own right. They will take two to three weeks to start growing. And watch and observe and see what happens rather than try and get in and and, um, treat those vines. Some vines that are not badly damaged will actually regrow from their cordon and will be fine. Uh, Others will actually start to put out um, basal shoots indicating that there's been damage in the cordon as well as the trunk. So it's about waiting to see what's happening. We also need to be in a situation to look at and say um, is there a possibility for a crop for next season given that we've got a fire as early as December we're three months behind in terms of growth there isn't an opportunity for those vines to go through their full process to actually grow their structure develop their buds mature the wood to actually produce a crop the following season. So in the back of their mind there needs to be the understanding that you've potentially lost that year's crop that you may not have a crop for next season. So what people have done is to go in and go early And generally those people were thinking, ah here's an opportunity, I can see some good growth, why don't I actually train those vines as I go and actually take shoots off uh, in order to make sure that I've got a trunk developed as well as starting to develop the cordon. What we've learned is that does not help. Basically the vine has been damaged, you need to have them start shooting late because they're using reserves they wouldn't normally use. If they hang on to that leaf material that maximizes the chance for them to actually support the root system that's still in the ground and have it come away for the following season. In the process of waiting of course you're not doing nothing at all, you're just encouraging growth, you're watching and observing how those vines are behaving. Where you see vines that are shooting from the base it's quite likely that trunk is damaged and you will need to actually uh, treat that vine, cut it back hard having observed what happens during the growing season um, you then plant, make your plans as to what you're going to do with the vines are they badly damaged enough to actually have to replant them and bear in mind of course that we are talking about own rooted vines here um, and there is the opportunity for those vines to come away if you've got grafted vines then you've really got a major problem and a replant really is your option. The other alternative is to do trunk removal for own rooted vines or possibly to go into a pruning treatment
2: Thanks, Richard. So in regards to the the, the pruning trial, our first approach was looking at the difference in fire damage between minor damage and severe. The the minor damage, um, to describe that, minor singeing of the leaves, a little bit of singeing of bunches, but they generally held their form and carried through as viable fruit that could have been harvested. Likely, though, that it was highly smoke tainted, so not a commercial crop, not nothing that could be harvested commercially. On the other end, the severe damage vines were highly defoliated, um, all bunches were desiccated, there was no commercial crop. So there was likely a lot of damage to the compound buds that were forming for the following season. So by separating those two parts of the block uh, and establishing the, the three different pruning methods in both of those sections, we could look at the response of the vines in that situation. What we found in, in the first year of doing those treatments, um, the spur prune vines in the minor damage area were as suspected, they they produced crop at a reasonable yield. And uh, in the severely damaged area, there was low or no crop on any of the vines that grew the following season because of the damage to the renewal buds. Cane pruning, again, in the minor damage section, the vines responded quite well and had a positive yield. In the severely damaged section of the block, cane pruning again provided low or no crop because the canes that were selected at that pruning were immature, having been damaged by the fire, and they had not formed properly to either grow or to produce yield. Obviously in year one, in doing trunk renewal, there was no crop because we are simply establishing the new framework of the vine in that season. Moving on to year two, our observations were that the spur prune vines were behind in yield compared to both the cane and the trunk renewal treatments. Uh, So the vines leveled themselves out. We didn't see a major difference between the minor and the severely damaged parts of the block. The main influence was the pruning method in year two. So taking that through into year three, we're expecting the yield trends to be consistent and we're looking forward to, to seeing the results of that.
0: Fantastic. So what are the plans for the, the third year of the trial, which is going to happen this season?
2: In a nutshell, we plan to uh, carry through the the pruning treatments and the observations of the timing demonstrations to measure the yield response and look for any differences that might happen between the treatments. We're expecting the trends to be consistent with what we saw in year two Um, but obviously every season is different and by testing it for a third season we're looking at the extended length of the vine health from fire damage.
0: Fantastic. So with all the information that you've got so far what do you think the take-homes are for, for growers managing the effects of fires in the future?
1: Thanks Sharon. The most important aspect is get water on as soon as possible after the fire, of course your infrastructure is likely to have been damaged. Uh, one of the biggest problems for the Adelaide Hills people was actually to find dripper tube to get it on, but if you can get your water on quickly that maximises the chance for vines to grow strongly. We were fortunate in the Cudley Creek bushfire that it had been rain uh, shortly before the event, so water is absolutely critical. The next most important stage then is having done all that work putting the water on is to actually wait. Observe what the vines are doing in terms of their response, there should be no training because every bit of leaf that comes on you want to have it go up to full size to be able to start to photosynthesize and actually start to put carbohydrates back into that root system. What you can be doing, it sounds like you sit there doing nothing, you're actually going to do a strategic review and that strategic review is to actually look at that vineyard and its performance questions you should be asking yourself are is the variety suitable for this uh, vineyard, what are the costs and returns, what's the situation with regard to vine health, is this an opportunity to actually replace trunks etc. Have a look at your infrastructure and decide is that in in good condition, is there a benefit in perhaps uh, going through and doing a complete replant Um, and also to assess supply and demand. Many of our growers told us that they actually regretted jumping in because they hadn't looked at their strategic plans and actually started to tackle varieties that weren't important. Having watched that growth, uh, we're coming into autumn now, look at how the vines have responded, review your strategies, review what you've determined in the review and then start to develop a plan in late autumn as to what you should be doing um, and whether you're, you know what your actions are going to be during winter.
0: Fantastic. So you, you're saying it, it, it gives growers an opportunity to to look at those strategic aspects of their of their vineyard.
1: Yep. And many many of the growers made the comment that they wish they hadn't they'd thought about where they were and what was happening. I mean, obviously, you're managing a vineyard. You want to want it to keep going, mm. but really you need to step back and say how's the how's the situation in the world and what's the future for this vineyard? Mm. Is this an opportunity to do
2: something well?
0: And finally, Colin and Richard, where can people go to get more information following listening to this podcast?
2: Jaron, there's uh, two key locations for, for resources that the wine industry can access. One of those is the AWRI uh, website, which has a dedicated page for uh, webinars and fact sheets related to fire, damage assessment, response and uh, recovery. Similarly, Wine Australia has a dedicated page for fire and smoke assessment resources, which holds resources such as webinars, uh, fact sheets, and also a couple of summary posters that Richard and I produced for the Australian Wine Industry Technical Conference that summarises the findings of year one and two results of these projects we've been talking about. The other location for resources is Wine Australia's website dedicated to fire and smoke assessment resources where there are currently are webinars fact sheets. There'll soon be a video that Richard and I have put together re- about the results of these trials and some summary posters that were prepared for the Australian Wine Industry Technical Conference, again, that summarise the results from Year 1 and 2 of our trials.
0: Fantastic. And I guess there'll be other resources come out once once Year 3 is done and we can look at the trial as a whole.
2: Certainly there'll be future magazine articles that we'll prepare, uh, additional fact sheets and further information as that becomes available.
0: Excellent.
1: There also is material that's um, on that site that um, was from a seminar that was held shortly after the fire that gave some indication as to what the work was at the time and that's worth reviewing as well because there's some good thoughts put in that as well.
0: OK, excellent. So lots of information out there and, and more to come. So I think that brings us to a close. Thank you both very much for your time today and for describing this fantastic study. Um, Thanks everyone if you've if you've listened in and please join us for the next podcast where we'll explore the latest in smoke monitoring and how you can use them in your vineyard to assess the risk of um, smoke taint in a fire event. And just noting that this project is being delivered by Wine Australia in partnership with the Department of Primary Industries and Regions. This local economic recovery project is jointly funded by the South Australian and Australian governments under the National Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements.